and welcome to the Mailbox Rogues Gallery. My name's Sean. And my name's Birch. We welcome you to another episode. We welcome you to our warm, loving bosom. The warmest, fuzziest of bosoms. What a wonderful mental image for our (laughs) listeners. Do you want to do a bit of ASMR as well while you're at it? Yeah, why not? Bosom. Well, I found that very comforting, and actually, I feel like I go to sleep right now. Hmm. Just before we get onto our topic, yeah. uh, I almost didn't think you were going to make it back in time for the recording of the episode. You, you're still a little bit out of breath, I can hear. But you, I sent you off on a mission, didn't I, before we started? Uh, yes, yeah, that's that's true. For our listeners, uh, Sean sent me to apologise, kind of. Um, Not kind of, nothing kind of about it. I sent you to apologise to your binman. Yeah. Um, for those who maybe aren't completely up to speed with the whole saga. And a saga is what it is. It is most definitely a saga. Um, I've had uh, a bit of... A, a few run-ins with my binman. It started off when I accidentally impaled his father with a bin, uh, destroying his bin lorry and his livelihood. I then set fire to his house. By accident, we established in a previous episode. Yeah, and there were some unkind words exchanged mm-hmm. in the between. I will say mostly from you. Mostly from your end. Mm, warranted. Yeah, possibly, but possibly not. But um, certainly uh, somewhere along the line, he extended an olive branch towards you. And I don't feel that you quite reciprocated his good-natured efforts. Mm. But what I have asked you to do for the sake of peace is I asked you to, to go to your binman today mm. and, and apologise. So how did that go? Yep. It went okay? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's done. It's done? Okay. It, I mean, did he have anything to say to you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, went well. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm happy with that. Oh, good. Well, let's move on. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, that's uh, a good time to mention who we're covering this week's episode. So it is, of course, Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. As the Italians would say, as hey. the Romans would put it. <laughs> hey, Julio. Make it a spaghetti pasta sauce. <laughs> Right, it'll be the Italians you're apologising to next, I think. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I can tell you obviously had a very sincere conversation with the binman earlier, because you were in a you're in good spirits. Yep. Okay. So what do you want to talk about with Julius Caesar? I mean, obviously he's given his name to some of the greatest things. Some of the greatest inventions, I would say, have been mm. named after him. Um so maybe I'll just mention those before we get into his history. Yeah, sure. Uh, obviously, there's the Caesar salad. Oh, mwah, I lovely. I mean, we love it. Lettuce, cheese, chicken sometimes. Is that it? Not always. If you're in a chicken mood. If you're in a chicken mood. There's uh, Caesar, the dog food. You know, it's got the little the little hexagonal packets. It's got a little white dog on it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I, I've never owned a dog, but I can imagine it in my head. <laughs> you've seen a, it. A, a packet of dog food with Caesar <laughs> written on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got the gist of it, yeah. I think you've got the gist of it. There's Caesar Milan. The dog behaviourist off the telly. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He makes... That's a dog connection there as well. Mm, yeah. So dog ferret behaviourist. And, uh, of course, as well, the caesarean section. My personal favourite. Yeah, well, yeah, it's very, very useful. Well, yeah. I mean, gets the baby out. It gets the baby right out. <laughs> that's that's how they pitched it when they... Uh, in the boardroom. I, yeah, on Dragon's Den, when they were just like... Usually people come in and they pitch stuff like reggae, reggae sauce. But this guy came in. I was like, I've got this uh, got this invention here. It's uh, called the caesarean. And they're like, oh, what's that then? It's just like, just a way of getting getting babies out of uh, of women when they're pregnant, preferably. And, you know, if, if it can't go out the, the normal way, I call it the, the caesarean. And immediately they were just kind of like, well, I mean, how can we market this? Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. Necessary. A lot of the time. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they they, they saw the the value in it, but yeah. they just, as investors, they didn't know how they could actually invest. And interestingly, as well, I think this says a lot about the business folk on Dragon's Den. But he needed to explain in quite a lot of graphic detail how a baby is usually delivered mm. from the womb, and that made an interesting episode of Dragon's Den, didn't it? Actually, it did. I particularly like the part where all of the dragons were playing different roles they were kind of like acting it out like as a sort of yeah. theater you had the the female one deborah meaden deborah meaden thank you as uh, as the mother and then you had people acting as like the the womb itself and you had duncan bannatine as as the baby and then he just kind of like slid through her legs 
right? He sort of popped out, yeah. yeah. And then he just kind of like looks at the camera and goes, my name's Duncan Benetton and I'm out. <laughs> and they, they had a... <laughs> I wasn't expecting there to be a punchline to that. <laughs> no... None of our jokes usually have punchlines. I feel that was a rare quality I on this show. I set that one up. I set yeah, that one you up. Did. You worked for that. You worked for that. Oh. And they had a good time, but like I said, <laughs> like a slip and slide, the uh, the dragon's den. But they were just like, look, you've shown us a, a bloody good time. We've all it's like a kind of a team building exercise. Almost. Yeah, well, you could market it as that as well. Yeah, well, he did. That's what he did now. So he's got the Caesarian team building exercises going up and down the country. Very popular. Absolutely. Um, a cracking episode and a cracking surgical procedure. Absolutely. Memorable television for sure. <laughs> so that was a little roundup of my four favourite things named after Julius Caesar. Have uh, you anything you want to add to that list? or? Yeah, I'd say uh, Caesar Romero, who played the Joker in the original Batman TV series. Okay, he was a bit of a nutty character, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He was an interesting chap. Actor decided to keep his moustache, painted over it white. He didn't care. Is, Ma- that, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah he still had a moustache. <laughs> he just painted over it with a white face paint. That's so strange. And so Joker. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, what will that guy do next? Who knows? And I can't think of any other Caesars that I care for. Caesar's Palace. In Las Vegas, perhaps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that real or is that just on the Simpsons episode? My understanding is that they moved it from Rome. You think that was the real palace? Why else would they call it Caesar's Palace? Caesar's Palace, Palace. yeah, that's a good question. Some sort of copyright infringement otherwise, wouldn't it? Ooh, yeah. You you know, you couldn't just build a a house on the Las Vegas Strip and call it the Queen's House. No. Because that would be false advertising. It's not the Queen's house because the Queen doesn't live there. Yeah, oh, and she'd hate it. She'd hate that. Oh, she she likes a bit of peace and quiet. She's in her 80s. Yeah. Or 90s, I don't know. We should know. We did an episode about her. Yeah, 90s, I think. Yeah, she needs a bit of peace and quiet. And the corgis, they'd be running out in the road. Oh. Well, they don't let any light in those casinos in, well, in Las Vegas. True, so yeah. those corgis would just be dazed and confused, yeah. getting tinnitus from all the fucking coin machines going... <laughs> be a horrible place to it, raise dogs. It'd be a horrible place to raise a queen. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Well, I'm glad that she doesn't. I'm glad she gets a bit of peace and quiet in uh, Balmoral. Balamori. Mm. Do you remember Balmoral? It was revealed in Cherie Blair's autobiography. was where her and Tony Blair conceived one of their children. <laughs> I've not heard so that. So any time I think of Balmoral, I think of Tony Blair having sex. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> uh. Oh, it's, it's lovely, that. <laughs> Former Prime Minister and warmonger Tony Blair getting his end away. At Balmoral. At Balmoral. Lovely scenic place, though, to do it. But what uh, a lot of people don't realise as well, which makes it a lot more interesting, is that it was the Queen's room. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't their own room that they were staying in. Oh, wow. I mean, they waited till she was gone, of course. Gone or asleep? Gone asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Philip was in the corner in his rocking chair. He was just kind of like, he was reading the Sunday paper... And he just like nodded off. Yeah, and, they like, saw their opportunity. Yeah, Tony just looked at like Cherie and just like, "You thinking what I'm thinking?" <laughs> I was like, "They're out for the count. Look at them, those old sods. <laughs> yeah. They could go out for hours and they wouldn't even notice." She's had ten Werther's originals. She's in a diabetic coma. Yeah, exactly. she was. She was on the bed next to them, right, sound asleep, and they were going at it. <laughs> Doing every position under the sun, right? And then they were just like, right, well, that's 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 a story. That's that's pretty good. And then they just like went off. They were none the wiser. No, well, when they on. woke up, they were just like, oh, smells funny in here. I think I'll open the window. Uh, what a horrifying scenario! There's <laughs> uh, no reason that she had to mention it in her autobiography at all. No, no. It was pride at that point, wasn't it? it was just yeah. like, nah, 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 sure. nah. Well, yeah, Tony wasn't Prime Minister anymore, so he couldn't be sacked. No, that. exactly, yeah. I mean, because, you know, it is the Queen that appoints the Prime Minister here in Britain, mm. so and I think that probably is a sackable offence. I know it is where in all the jobs I've worked. Yeah, having sex next to a sleeping Queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, going back to the man himself, he was born... Now, don't laugh. His first name was Gaius. Was it really? Gaius Julius Caesar. What a charming name. Yes. And he had two sisters, 
both called Julia. Julia Major and Julia Minor, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Which I feel one of them has got a raw deal. Well, I don't know, actually, both of them. Because Minor, that's not very nice. Like, if you're, if you're the little sister and you're Julia Minor. But if you're Julia Major, that makes you sound like, you know, what if she was a bit on the larger side? She's not going to feel good about that. No. Julia Major. She'll get a complex at a very early age. Yeah. I used to work in a, in a pub. And there were two girls who worked there called Sarah. And one was on the shorter side and the other one was about six foot. So they were called Sarah and Big Sarah. And I always thought, Big Sarah? She probably doesn't like that very much, does she? Being called <laughs> Big Sarah. I like that they uh, forewent the, uh, you're Sarah B and you're Sarah J or something like that. No, just Sarah and Big Sarah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, he was, uh, he was born, Gaius Julius Caesar, around the 12th or the 13th, not quite sure, of July. 100 BC. A long time ago. Which I think is a mailbox rogues gallery first for someone being born before Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. This is an old boy. Mm. And do you think with with the years back then, I mean, like, when it was 100 BC, they must have been wondering, like, what are we counting down to? Oh, yeah, yeah. It would be like um, like a viral marketing campaign or something, wouldn't it? Every year it gets a bit more tantalising. Like, what the fuck happens at zero? Yeah, you get to 1 BC, you're going to be so glad you're sticking around for 0 BC. Yeah, well, anyone born like around the same time as Caesar, they must have just been like, I'm never going to live to see what happens. No, And I bet it's it. going to be something great, like a big party or something, and I'm not going to be there for it. Mm, that is sad, yeah. I mean, you know, you're born at 100 BC, you're not in those days going to live... To 100, are you? No. But, you know, he made the most of his time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, yeah. He wasn't that disappointed, was he? No, not really. He still pulled himself up, didn't he? But he came from quite a big, prominent family anyway. Like the family from the Steve Martin family comedy, Cheaper by the Dozen? Um, Not quite in the same uh, way. Where they're quite rich in love and, I guess, body count, uh, they made up for in kind of, I guess... Status, maybe more I so. I see, yeah, rather than numbers. Yeah, that's right. Body count was a weird way to phrase that. I don't know why you used the phrase body count. <laughs> it's a bit morbid, really, but we should sail past that. <laughs> yeah, but when you, when you've got that you... many kids, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's just a bunch. You just yeah. say there's a gabble of them. A gabble of them. And even even what, Steve what, Martin, what? he didn't seem to know. He's just like, oh, yeah, that one there, the one with the freckles. Fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, what, what body count are we at now? Is his, wife, <laughs> is his wife pops another one out or, or has a C-section. Yeah, goes... Oh, 12. I was going to say oh. 14, but then cheaper by the dozen. Yeah, that makes more it, sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I just think it was a very morbid phrasing. Nothing on your mind. Uh, what do you mean? No, just just wondering. Like you, like I say, you were a bit red-faced when you got here after your meeting with the bin man. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm uh, perfectly happy. I don't have any secrets or things I'm keeping from you. Good. Okay, no secrets. That's what we agreed when we started this podcast. No mm, secrets. No secrets. We made we made two agreements. We When we made our blood oath, no secrets, and we both go down... For any crime that any one of us commits. Yeah, that's 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 the blood oath. That's the blood oath. Okay, perfect. Well, let's we'll carry on then anyway. Moving swiftly on. Oh, I noticed with Caesar, his father died when he was 16. Mm. And he became basically patriarch of the family. Yeah. He was looking after his mum and his sisters. And then by 17, he was married. Bloody hell, that is rocketing through life, aren't you? Wasn't hanging about, no. No, he, didn't, he wasn't slowing down for nobody. But it was it was an interesting family all round. Like they believed that they were descended from the gods, specifically Lullus, who is the son of I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Aeneas, prince of Troy, whose mother was Venus. Hmm. Bit a bit of an egotistical family, I will say. Do you think there's any truth in it though? What that they had that they're related to Venus? Yeah, some sort of godly lineage. Um, no. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, even though they had this kind of divinity, apparently, in their family, that still didn't prevent tensions arising amongst the family members. This is, again, reminding me of Cheaper by the Dozen. They didn't always get on. No, that's true. But, in the end, they all came together and found out the true meaning of family. Okay. And this is presumably exactly what happened to Julius Caesar's family. Yeah! (laughs) Uh, Let's have a look. Well, basically, when Caesar's father died... This kind of started a, a civil war, basically, between his uncle, Gaius Marius. That was his name, Gaius Marius. That's a great name. And his rival, Lucius 
Cornelius Sulla. Well, that's boring. That doesn't, even, doesn't even have the word gay in it. It does not. How mm. are we supposed to know that he's a happy individual? Yeah, he wasn't feeling particularly gay. I guess because of this uh, this civil war between the No, parties. no, I suppose. But so, with this feud, it was basically for political power and ascending kind of higher in the political stratosphere. Sulla ended up winning, at which point Caesar was stripped of his inheritance, his wife's dowry, he was asked to divorce his wife, and... He's barely old enough to drink at this point. Mm. And he's going through all this. He's just like... Divorced by yeah, age 20. Yeah, exactly. He's just kind of like, I'm not even into my 20s yet. And already I'm he's like, still f- in... potentially filing for divorce. Sorting out at my father's funeral. All this sort of stuff. And he's, he doesn't know where he's coming or coming going. Nah, it's hard life. It's hard life. He probably had to stop doing his paper route. Just to spend some more time clearing up this mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's just said, look, Mr. Frost... I'm sorry, I can't help you and your wife Doris anymore with, with the Sunday paper. And he's like, oh, but, but Julius, who's who's going to be delivering the, the Sunday Times? I can't do it with the arthritis in my fingers. And you know, you know, Doris, she isn't good on her feet anymore. And, Juli- and Julius said... He's just like, mate, I've got my own problems to sort out. Look, you've been kind to me. You've been like a father to me in these two weeks since my actual father died. <laughs> That's right. But still, I've got to go, you know... Funeral, yeah. divorce. Yeah, I've got a fucking exile. potential divorce. Yeah, an exile. Like I can't, I can't deliver your fucking papers, Mister Frost, when I'm exiled. Fair point. Fair point. I'll just uh, maybe uh, put in a word for some of your friends. Perhaps they might fancy a paper route. So, I don't think so, Mister Frost. I think print media is dying. So are you. <laughs> he saw it even back then. Yeah. Just like eventually, a couple thousand years, this will be a dead medium. You wanna you wanna start getting rid of these now. He said, Listen, mate, you're the old guard. Your your days are numbered. You fossil. <laughs> and he was particularly hurt by that, Mr. Frost. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, all his life he'd been running a news agent. Yeah, he, he just threw himself down the stairs at that point. Oh, wow. What a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> And poor Doris, she's not so good on her feet. So. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah, famously. and uh, <laughs> She must have been devastated. Oh, she was, yeah. She, it's very, very sad, very sad. And not uh, a point in, in it, Caesar's life that gets talked about very much, his relationship <laughs> with Mr Frost, the corner shop owner. You have to wonder why it doesn't come up in the history books more. No, beats me. Um. <laughs> Well, what he did end up doing, I think, is he joined the army, didn't he, to escape his political enemies? Yes. Particularly that uncle or step-uncle or whoever it was that you said it was. Some sod. <laughs> yeah, some bastard who was after him. So he ended up, he rose through the ranks and uh, became quite a power in the army. Hmm. By the time he returned to Rome, he was he was a very, very powerful man. He did have one kind of madcap incident in his 20s in 75 BC... So what, it would have been 25. He was on his way to Rhodes. Hmm. Not Gary Rhodes. Not no. Dusty Rhodes either. No, but he was kidnapped by pirates. Oh, now, yeah, this is fucking cool. Without a doubt, the cool... And, like, how I hadn't heard of this before doing the research, I don't know. Because this is... Because you love pirates. I love pirates, famously. And the stunt that he plays is a fucking boss move, if ever I've seen one. Yeah, so they put him up for ransom... And he said, no, no, mate, that is not a high enough uh, ransom yeah, for me. Yeah, like, tw- 20, 20 talents of silver. You, you, you're joking, aren't you? I'm at least worth 50. And they were like, all right, big bollocks, we'll put it up yeah, to 50. Yeah. That's fine. And what else did he do? He promised that he'd crucify them. Yeah, 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 I love that. It's like, he seemingly no way out of this. They've got a bounty on his head. These are pirates, remember, who are famously bloodthirsty. And he's just like, yeah, when I get out of here, I'm going to crucify the lot of you. And uh, true to his word, the ransom was paid at the higher amount. The higher amount. And uh, he hunted them down. And then what did he do? Crucify them. Yeah. And you must think, like, (laughs) I love that because they, like, paid the ransom. He buggered off. And then he set sail for the fucking fleet or whatever (laughs) to specifically find them again. (laughs) And, And they were like, mate, we thought you were joking. It's like, no, no, I was fucking serious, serious you, you're yeah. gonna get crucified and they were like 
Oh, come on, we were only playing around. It's the business we're in. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's, Don't uh, hate the player, hate the game. No, exactly. You know, times are hard. You know this yourself. And we've got to make a living. And he's like, you know, I sympathise with you. I really do. I don't want to have to do this, but I'm a man of my word. Although, what he did... And this does make me laugh. Yeah, what he did, as a sign of leniency, this is... He had their throats cut first before crucifying them. And uh, you preface that by saying, this is the bit that makes me laugh. Well, I mean, like, is that lenient? Could you call that uh, lenient, slicing throats? It's a quicker death than a crucifixion. I mean, we'll it's, it's, it's nicer, but I mean, like, lenient. Lenient isn't the word, is it? No, lenient it's not, it's not, not a particularly word, no. right word. It's just like, here's a few tickets to Caesar's Palace. That, like, oh, that, no, that, that would, would be lenient. lenient. That yeah, would be very that, lenient. Very lenient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, <laughs> was it a casino back then as well that's what i've never been sure about yeah i, I reckon so maybe it kind of like he lived there he lived like in the loft he had like a loft apartment oh yeah was... nice studio suite yeah exactly and penthouse and the... that's the word i'm looking for that's right and there was a casino on the floor below i mean that that would be lenient Letting them kind of play a few hands of poker. Nothing there. would drive me nuts more than living above a casino. That would be awful. God, those machines going off all night. Someone gets a payout. Everybody cheers. Oh, <laughs> and then Ev- Tom Jones singing every night oh, beneath be, your floorboards. Well, well that would be all right. That part is yeah. like sings you to sleep. I suppose it depends if you can make requests. <laughs> You're there trying to any re- any requests? Anyone? Yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Well, you should have known not to buy a <laughs> not to buy a, a loft apartment above a casino. Listen, the estate agent never mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, he brought me here on a quiet day when nobody was about. How was he I? He said to it know? was always like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Tom Jones was singing him lullabies every night, that could be quite nice. Setting him off to sleep. Yeah. The pirate story, mm. forgetting Caesar in his palace. Yeah. The pirate story, it actually reminded me a lot of the time that me and you were kidnapped by pirates. Oh, yeah. And you had quite a similar kind of banterous interplay with the Somalian pirates that we met as well, didn't you? That's right, yeah. We were banana boating around the Horn of Somalia. Yeah, something we've talked about doing for years. And isn't it sod's law? We finally get around to doing it. And what happens? Kidnapped by pirates. Kidnapped by pirates. And yeah, they they took us and they were saying that they were going to get a ransom for us. And they were like, oh, 10 quid. It's like, 10 quid? 10 fucking quid? Yeah, I think you you did the same thing as Caesar though, didn't you? You said, come on, worth at least 25. Well, I was I was hurt. 10 quid. I mean, I know they might not... Because it, t- it was 10 quid for you, it was 15 for me. Which is, I think, why you got us upset. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they didn't even know us. I, I, don't, I don't know why they instantly surmised that you were worth a five or more. I mean, I know like the exchange rate and the difference in currency, and maybe they're not particularly au fait with the value of British currency to their own. I think if they're asking for 10 and 15 pounds for two people, they're probably... Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, but I mean, still, I was was hurt. I was like, look, can you at least give me 16 and him 15? Yeah, I mean, at that point, I feel like you were getting a little bit petty. It was more about being worth more than me monetarily. Well, I mean, at this point, I was like, okay, like, put me up to 16. And they were like, okay, we put you up to 16. And then they put you up to 27. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And this is getting getting out of hand here. I think... And I was bidding them. I was I was just yeah. like sat there with one of the one of the boat paddles. And, and I, was, <laughs> I was going like 30, putting the paddle up. Yeah. And then they were pointing at you as like 52. And I was just like 49 with the paddle. And then they were pointing at you as like 78. I was just like, it's ridiculous. What, what kind of operation are they running here? I know, it was mad. And I, I, I think perhaps the reason that they thought they'd get more of a ransom for me is purely just because I was wearing normal swimming costume on the boat. What do you call it? Swimming shorts. Yeah. And um, that was the day that your baggage got stolen from the hotel. So you were just wearing a sackcloth and uh, a belt made of seaweed to keep it up. I mean, that's the only reason I can think that they might have felt that you had less monetary worth than me in terms of a ransom. Maybe, but we were there together. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? It was quite a coincidence, actually, wasn't it, that you managed to find the exact same outfit as the one that got nicked? The sack- yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the sackcloth I, I, and the seaweed. Yeah, I, I, like, when, as soon as I lost the bag, I was like, that's it, this holiday's ruined. And then I found a sack, I was like, this is identical to my own. It even got the leg so, holes in the right place. Exactly, yeah. And it was like a, a proper spud bag as well, like the one I was having. And then I was just like, maybe my luck's in. And then we got captured. And then we got captured, yeah. Those were a, those were a tough 50 days on the high seas. Yeah, they were, weren't they? We kept our spirits up, though. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I spend most of my time bartering my value up. We were worth a couple of million each by the time we got out. Yeah. They just got sick of you eventually. That's how we got out. Well, yeah, I was worth a couple million. They only like 2.1. I was like, that's it. I've had enough of this. This is ridiculous. But yeah, they. I think they, like you say, they got a bit more sick of us than, than we did of, of them. And they were just like, oh, just fuck off. So, all right, cheers. Yeah. Uh, never got the banana boat back, though. No, the cheeky sods. No, uh-huh. it's what they let us on shore. And then... We're like, hang on a sec, where's our banana boat? And then we look in the distance, and there's these Somalian pirates enjoying themselves on this banana boat, going, wee! Having a whale of a time, waving your confiscated sackcloth at you. Yeah, and then I looked down and noticed I was completely naked. Mm. I I felt right the fall. Yeah, well, I'm surprised you didn't notice sooner. I mean, they snuck that off you after about four days, and you spent the remaining 46 completely stark bollock naked. What What a sad sight that must have been. Me just stood there... Cold and naked. We sell the seaweed. By pirates trying to up my value. Mm. I suppose when you surmise it like that, yeah, it doesn't sound great. No. Still, though, holiday of a lifetime. Oh, yeah. Just to get away from it all, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Getting captured uh, by pirates just to get away from it all. Oh, uh, and we had so much to report back to Scylla when we got back to the Blind Date studio. Oh, yeah. They were just like, so how do you enjoy the holiday, Chucks? Which was like, oh, it was really great. We got captured by pirates. Well, they showed that little um, compilation of us. Yeah, they, they didn't censor my privates, though, did they? <laughs> no, they didn't. They said they would. The producer said they would, but they didn't. I was very surprised. This was at about 6.30 in, in the evening mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Kids yeah. sat there eating their tea. Must have been appalled. You got so many complaints. I don't know why they got delivered to you personally rather than the producers of the show. Well, no, that's the thing. At the end of the show, they were like, please send any complaints to, and then they put my address there. I was like, do you think I have any control over this at all? No. Well, if if anybody finds this portion of the show offensive, you can send your comments to mailboxrosegallery at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, at mailboxrogues. But please don't complain. <laughs> It was good, really, though, that they recovered enough footage to show on the programme at all, bearing in mind the videographer who was following us around was the person who didn't make it back, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, they let him keep his camera. They obviously, the pirates saw that he was... He had a job to do, and they yeah. didn't want to disturb that. Yeah, but I think by the end of it, he decided to stay with them. He gave us the camera as a parting gift with all the footage, mm. but he basically, he was going to go where the banana boat was going to go. Yeah, I, I they think... They kept that, they kept him. And I noticed this even before we left, that the man was a born pirate. He had that look about him, didn't he? Yeah, the eye patch, I think. Is the what eye really... patch, yeah, the parrot. Mm. The parrot was a give, uh, bit of a giveaway. The scurvy as well, mm. I noticed. It's like, we've not even left England yet, and you've got scurvy. You've got scurvy, yeah, yeah. I kept trying to chuck limes in his mouth while he was asleep. I thought if you could swallow... Usually you'd have a little bit of lime, and that helps your scurvy. Yeah. Or helps prevent it. If you If you're right in the midst of it, though, I think... Swallow a whole one, that might do it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, make him a little lime cocktail or something, just yeah. kind of intravenous into his veins or something. Yeah, a bit of cordial. Oh, yeah, a little bit of cordial. <laughs> so I guess one of the things you could say about Caesar is that eventually he became kind of a big deal in Rome. Mm, a big deal indeed. Yeah, I mean, he helped turn Rome from a republic to an empire. And the empire spanned... A large part of the globe. Just like Star Wars. That's right, yeah. Okay, well, age 40, he became a council, which was basically like a joint leader of Rome. Mm. He got too powerful, though. Made a lot of enemies. Too big for his own boots. Yeah. Which, again, it just reminds me, really, of um, your issues with your binmen. Mm. Um, once again, Similarly, likewise, you became very powerful and made an enemy of him. Um, uh, I'm just... I, what? Oh, what? I'm I'm Caesar in this analogy. Yeah, it's a compliment. You know, Caesar. What what a great comparison to be made against. Yeah, I, I think the point that you're making though is that I became too big for my boots. Is what we were just saying about the man. Well, not exactly. I, I use the word powerful. I mean, but my point that I was going to get to was that um, yes, enemies were made, but unlike Caesar, you have managed to uh, reconcile things with the Bimman, haven't you? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you fixed yeah. everything with him. Mm-hmm, yeah. So so it's, it's very different. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, he ch- he chose the path of darkness, you chose the path of light. Yeah, you could say that, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Exactly, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so uh, moving on. So yeah, he uh, he was a consul at one point, and he also was appointed dictator. That's a great job to be given. Oh, is it, what a title! Though. I guess because of the, cause, I guess because of a few bad eggs that have taken that title since, you know, like Hitler. Yeah, Stalin. It, it has kind of, it ha- the name, the, the title dictator has has a bad rep. But back then, it was just like being called president or something like yeah. that. The first time he was uh, made dictator, he resigned within 11 days. Really? Yeah. I've, that actually reminds me of me. Uh, I've resigned from a lot of jobs within 11, <laughs> yeah. 11 days. I tend to find by the 10th day, I'm getting a bit sick of it. Mm. And then on the 11th day, I'd say out of about four or five of my jobs, I just on the 11th day, ah, oh, I'm sick of this. You just get a vibe when you go to a job and just think, oh, this this isn't for me really. This and you just kind of start looking online or in the newspaper. Yeah, seriously. I mean, the last job, 10 days of ferrying children across busy roads during rush hour traffic i just left my tabard by the side of the road popped down this lollipop stick and i went i'm out of here just let them sort themselves out oh right you mean you mean you waited for the next person to come along to take over from you and then you just no i mean i left the tabard on the road i left the lollipop stick leaning against the ford fiesta and i just left what so you were what time was this well what i mean it was during rush hour what sort of time is rush hour between about five and six it was when all the kids got out of after school club. You know that 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 kind of peak time of day when all the kids get let out of after school club, and all the commuters are trying to angrily, impatiently get home to their food. Yeah, the period that a lollipop man's needed most. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They call it the uh, lollipop hours. They call it the lollipop hour. Yeah. Yeah. I would say slap bang in the middle of that. Probably... Blimey. me. I mean, well, I, I, have you have you kind of seen whether there were any accidents or anything like on on your leaving because. Lollipop Man, as far as I'm concerned, that's up there with surgeon, teacher. It it ranks high. Saving lives. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd say it's probably more important than some other jobs in that respect yeah. that you mentioned. As for, well, well you're asking whether there are any negative aspects of the way I left that job. Yeah, just seeing if anything happened on your leaving. No, because the next job that I did for 11 days was a submariner. And I did, really, there wasn't much way. There wasn't much news that reached me during that period. I left. You know, I didn't just leave the job without something, having something else lined up. All right. Okay. So you just like went went straight, straight to the boat, bottom of the ocean from lollipopping to going submerged. Yeah. Submergible. Yeah. Okay. And how how did that job go? <sighs> again, first ten days, absolutely fine, no real issues. The eleventh day, again, I think I just got start to get bored. So I uh, I said to the captain, right, I'm sorry, I'm I'm out of here. He said, not really an option. We're here for the next six yeah. weeks, patrolling against Russian submarines. Mm. I said, oh, fuck this. I just went to the engine room, turned off all the engines, and what do you do to get a submarine up? You let all the air out or something like that. I pressed the button that just said up, basically. Right. We sort of shot to the surface about 100 miles per hour. We're quite quite low down at this point. Um, everybody got the bends. There was talk of prosecution, but I mean, I didn't stick around for that. I was in my job as a hot air balloon salesman. All right, <laughs> they need to pick you up in that particular spot, did they? You just kind of like you like Phileas Fogg. You just open the submarine hatch, and there's the <laughs> there's the hot air balloon there. <laughs> You're like, see ya. Yeah, well, they picked me up. I mean, you know, it wasn't a general part of my day to day job as a hot air balloon salesman, but they needed to show me how one worked. For, as part of the sales patter. So, yeah, I kind of text them ahead of the time, like, oh, I'll be popping up here. No, I mean, I'm sure, like, your employers there, they must have been annoyed as anything. But at the same Those time... Those survived, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, the captain must have just been looking at you and shaking his head thinking, what will he do next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that captain, me and him had a bit of history. I mean, his oh, yeah. son was actually the first to get knocked down uh, when I left my post at the... Uh, by the roadside, but he's fine, absolutely what? fine. No, the kid was fine. When I say knocked down, he was kind of like it was quite comical, really. He kind of got bumped. He slipped onto a nearby skateboard, uh, went down a hill, hit a, a kind of dirt ramp that was there. Did loop the loop, landed in a tree, popped his head up. A little bird nest on his head. Oh yeah, yeah. Little birds are cheeping away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy bird comes back, flies down, sits on the branch, and uh, puts a worm in the kid's mouth. You know, oh. comical stuff. Yeah, I guess. You, you say he gets bumped but by a car, yeah, you say him? Well, just a little tap. little tap. I mean, for him to do all these somersaults and land in a tree, I mean, that must have been a bit more than a than a tap. 
No, no, no I told you he 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 was bumped onto a skateboard. It was nearby. Okay. Some some irresponsible person who was meant to be guarding the road was about to skate off on it. Actually, oh. it was my skateboard. I was about to skate home. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> Found enough of this. I'm leaving my post. Yeah, he's lucky I didn't bring my pogo stick to work that day. <laughs> oh, that would have been that would have been a right caper. <laughs> and so the the submarine captain he knew about this when he took you on for the job, did he? He didn't, but he found out pretty quick. Oh, they do. They do these submarine. Yeah, captains. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just my face in the local paper. But you get the local paper a little bit late when you're on a submarine. Yeah, and it's a lot damper as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, like you, Caesar left his job as dictator after 11 days. And then in 48 BC, he was appointed dictator again. It's fate, isn't it? You know, he was fated to be yeah, you a dictator. Know, you know, he was made dictator for an indefinite period. And then in 46 BC, he was appointed dictator for 10 years. And then... Well, that's a definite period. That's a step down, really, isn't it? From an indefinite period, if you're a dictator. That's a good point, actually, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he did something to annoy a few people. It's just like, no more indefinacy with your, your yeah, career. Yeah, we're only going to stick with you for ten more years. <laughs> ten years? I can't do anything in that time. <laughs> but, you know, obviously he did something, right? Because in February of 44 BC, right, he was appointed dictator for life. And presumably that took him to much longer than ten years. No, actually, uh, he he was given this job one month before he died. He died? Well, I mean, I don't know why it sounds shocked. I mean, this is over 2,000 <laughs> years ago. Of course he died. Spoilers, people. Yeah, yeah. Caesar is dead. But, I mean, it's still sad to hear it. Great man like that. Did he die peacefully? He went away in his sleep, did he? Dreaming of whatever people dream about. I would like to say that was the case, but... Oh, I've got a horrible feeling you're going to tell me otherwise now. Otherwise, yeah, you see, he made a, he made a, a few enemies during his uh, his dictatorship. And, unfortunately, he was assassinated by about 60 different people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, they were all, like, members of the Senate. So people that he knew and worked with. Wow. Might have even had, you know, dinner with some evenings or a drink down the pub. Shocking. And there they are, killing him. Murdering him, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's difficult sometimes, office politics. Mm. Getting on with everybody is a juggling act. Oh, yeah, and with the title, like, Dictator... I mean, you're not going to be liked by everybody, are you? Absolutely not. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that he he died. But yeah, 60 people that that he knew, and uh, it was a it was a nasty way that he went. It was uh, yeah, <laughs> quite a quite a coincidence, actually. He was he was stabbed 23 times. Well, that's that's horrible. But what do you mean, quite a coincidence? Well, because um, I uh, I I don't know. Um, no, go on. You had you had something you were about to say. Then you just stopped yourself. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I yeah, I th- we've probably been recording quite a while. Is probably what it what it is. Um, no, it's the usual amount of time. We're at the end of our usual eight hours recording session. What I mean, is there anything on your mind? No. It, re- it really looked like you like when you said when you said what coincidence. There was definitely something behind that. Now, bearing in mind our blood oath, mm. part one of that was no secrets. Yeah. Okay. Now, I feel like you're holding back. No. And I, no, I feel like you are. And I've got a horrible feeling it's to do with your meeting with the binman. Because you've been cagey ever since you got back from that. <laughs> what, what, what could I be cagey about? I, I saw him this morning yes. b- before we started recording. And that's that, you know. Okay, well, you're only meant to be there for about a half hour or so. You were there for six hours, for one thing. The only reason I didn't pull you up on that is because we went straight into recording the episode. So I... what were you doing there all that time? Has it got anything to do with somebody being stabbed 23 times? We had... I went to his house, okay? Now, I I'd bought a lovely bunch of flowers... For him. Very nice. I mean, I, I say I bought flowers. I kind of found some tied against like a lamppost. But, you know, I, I thought they could probably do with a bit of water. But, you know, he, this, won't, this he won't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, this lamppost wasn't anywhere near where his father was tragically murdered by you, was it? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a funny coincidence. Yeah, 
Yeah. I get the horrible feeling. He put those flowers there. Oh. Was there a look of recognition in his face when he saw them? Well, I mean, what is about to happen now probably makes a lot more sense now. So I had these these flowers from from, from that lamppost, and I was there. I knocked on his door, and he he seemed a bit cagey. And I had the flowers behind my back, and I was like, "Look, I I know you can be a pain in the ass sometimes, okay? But let's just put it behind us, you know." Sorry, hang on. I specifically told you to ring ahead as well. Please tell me he knew you were coming. If I told him I'm coming to your house now, bearing in mind I've set fire to his previous house, there's no way that he would let me anywhere near him. Okay, I'm just I'm just getting this in my head now. I'm getting it straight. So you turn up at his house, he doesn't know you're coming, and you very conspicuously holding something behind your back. Yeah, well, I like I say, the, the flowers are hidden behind my back. I knock on the door, I say, look... I, I know you've been a bit of a, a pain in the ass, but let's put it behind us, okay? So you keep on cleaning my filth, and we'll just go back to the way things should be with, with your kind. And then I kind no, of... you didn't. You didn't say that. What? That's monstrously classist, and it doesn't sound anything like an apology. Yeah, but this is the bit where I kind of pull the flowers out. Okay. That's, that's the apology, and he kind of actions speak louder than words. Yes, go on. He he looked at them. And I guess maybe they might have been ones that he put out because he he said, "Where did you get these from?" Yeah, and I don't want him to think I'm tight. It's embarrassing, yeah. No, so I I I got them from a, like a Tesco forecourt, and he was like, "Where did you get these?" I was like, "I just told you, you idiot." And then one thing led to another, and we we somehow ended up. I can't remember the the steps exactly, but we we somehow ended up fighting in his kitchen oh god i knew i knew it i knew this would happen and and i'm, I'm only saying this because because of the blood oath and because we're, we're, we're friends i might well no i i did stab him 23 times with a butcher knife 23 times god and 22 wasn't enough no well i think it's because i'd been researching about julius caesar before going over there, and I had twenty three stabs oh, on my mind. That yeah. I mean, so really, it'd been seeded. You could almost say that I didn't really do that because I'd been researching so much that it almost wasn't me that that did that. Please tell me it wasn't me that did that. I'm not going to tell you that. Although, if we get a good lawyer, he might be able to argue that case. So, where is he now? I, oh God, I just left him there. <sighs> right. He's still in his kitchen. What? A muddle you've gotten us into. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm, I'm obviously upset with you. It's not what I sent you over there to do. Well, it's not what I went over there to do, but it happened. Yeah. No, it did happen. It definitely happened. I really should have asked about the blood stains all over you before now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's on you. I mean, it is f- literally on me. We shook hands when you arrived. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I should have. I should have bathed. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah. What were you doing in his kitchen for six hours? Is it one of those households where they have the TV on in the corner of the kitchen? Yeah, well, I mean, this morning was on, and you know I like that show. Yeah. And I, I wanted to watch it till it got to the afternoon on the programme, because, you know, I like doing that mm-hmm. with this morning. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's part of your daily routine. <laughs> That's right. And, you know... Start I was... the day with a nice uh, six-hour television sitting. But I was kind of sat there half-watching this morning... And just kind of thinking, right, the blood's going to keep spilling on the kitchen floor, you know, on this. I mean, luckily it was laminate. If it was carpet, then never get those stains out. I don't think that's an issue now. Forget about that. Okay. Well, anyway, I was was just kind of like scooping the blood from like the the holes and I couldn't think of anywhere to put it. So I was just kind of like putting it into my clothes. You're using yourself as a dishcloth, basically. Yeah, I was using myself as a dishcloth, mm. just like kind of soaking up the blood, because yeah. I didn't want to make a mess of the place. Yeah, well, you've always been quite considerate when it comes to making a mess. Oh, yeah, hygiene is a big concern. Yeah, and not just hygiene, but tidiness as well. Mm. Mm. Yes. I think in terms of forensic science, though, you may have let yourself down a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, I did get a few funny looks when I was walking on my way here. Oh, you left your car parked at his house, did you? Because when I sent you off this morning, you were in your car. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, after, after that, after that, I kind of thought... Clear your head, go yeah, for a walk. Exactly, yeah. I'll, I'll walk I'll walk to Sean's and then I'll come back. I'll, I'll pop round afterwards, get my car, 
and then just kind of like yeah. go home and, and figure out what I'm going to do. Plus, your hands are probably a bit too slippery for the steering wheel. Exactly. Yeah. Still, still dry. I mean, it's dried a bit now, but mm. yeah, maybe I should kind of like pop over there and kind of hide the body or something like that. I think that's the least of all you could do for him at this point. Yeah. Right. I'll uh, I'll head over there now before it gets too dark. Uh, what's What's that noise? Can you hear that? Yeah. That sounds like, what does that sound like to you? That sounds like sirens to me. Yeah. Sirens. It's getting louder. Hang on a sec. I'll, uh... Let me just go over to the to the window. Bloody hell. There's, like, four police cars out there. What's going on? There's some neighbourhood disturbance or something. I, d- I don't... It could be anything with this street, honestly. The amount of, like, ruffians that live around here. I told you you shouldn't have moved to Benefit Street. That's weird. They're walking up to this house. Maybe they just want to check everything's okay. You, you, you don't think they're here because of the binman? Well, I mean, if you did what you went over there to do, which I now know is murder him, then how could they have known? You were walking around the town covered in blood, though. I guess, but I mean, like you get people wearing all sorts this day and age. Yeah, that's you? true. Yeah, it's a statement. Yeah. Oh. oh God, they're knocking at the door. Should I answer best, it? Best answer, yeah. Okay. Hang on, let me pause the tape. Uh, hello? James Birch? Uh, yes. You're nicked. Another fine mess you've gotten me into. But me? Yes, you. Oh, yeah, fair point, actually. Yeah, it was me. I, I didn't know he was still alive. I don't know if that matters at this stage. No, I guess not. I think I either way, we'd probably both still be here. I can't believe not only did he survive, but he's now testifying... As we speak. ...against us. Oh, blimey. I think what I will say about him is he's a fair man. I think if you had maybe called an ambulance for him instead of sitting there watching six hours of daytime television, he might not be so angry. I can't believe... After everything, you're still standing up for him. It's been difficult mediating between you two, I'll be honest. I, I rue the day I ever met that man. Mm. Well, I rue the day I made that blood oath with you, because, as we mentioned earlier, part two of that is we have agreed to both go down for any crime that any one of us commits. I will say, Sean, you're true to your word. Well, and by the looks of it, we're both going down for quite a long time. Yeah, don't I know it. I mean... I will say, it is a character flaw of mine that I do insist on making blood oaths with everybody that I meet for the first time at parties. Yeah, I mean, you, you should really cut down on, on the blood oaths. I, I'm I'm amazed it's taken you this long to go down for attempted murder with the amount of oaths you've made. Yeah, that's true. I Well, I'll take your advice in that I don't think I'll get the chance to make many more blood oaths with a lot more people. Probably not. If we try that in prison, we'll probably get shanked or something. It's a good thing that we managed to sneak in this dictaphone. Yes, it is, uh, because... From what I understand, no podcasts allowed in prison. No, I think we might have to make a bit of a break there with the podcasting. Yeah. At least until one of us gets out, sneaks a file in, in a cake, gets the other one out. Yeah, or just a cake. Everyone likes cake. Everyone likes cake. Well, that's the bare minimum is to get the cake in. Yeah. But then what you really want is is the file in the cake to get through the bars. If we could only have one of the two, then it would have to be the, uh, the cake. The cake, yeah, of course. But, I mean, that's just, like, so typical of... Theresa May's government, just like, no podcasts in prisons. I mean, how tyrannical. I know, it's a monstrous. I mean, you're allowed to listen to them in there, but not to record them. I mean, like, what what, what are we going to do in our spare time? There's something about having hundreds of pounds worth of recording equipment in a prison that they have a problem with. What? Uh, I, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, it's a good thing my dentist is coming to visit me later. He can probably sneak this dictaphone out in his uh, cavity if you get my drift. Oh, right. Not like a tooth cavity. <laughs> no, no. Although I think I might make that joke when I see him. <laughs> yeah, I'm very close to my dentist. I was going to say, know. yeah, like he's like we're not even officially gone down yet, and he's coming to to see how you're doing. Yeah, no, me and Doctor Gupta, we've been very close friends a long time. Well, we'll give him the dictaphone. Maybe he'll be able to edit the last episode as well for us because. God knows we're not going to be able to do it in prison. No, that's a good point. Again, not, another thing you're not allowed in prison, editing software. So, I guess that's it. I guess we better wrap things up. Yeah, wrap things up. Thank you very much, one and all, 
for listening to us on on this this truly crazy whirlwind adventure of a podcast. When we started this, if you had told me that we would be getting in trouble with the Disney Corporation, I became Santa Claus, talking to all of these amazing people, and finally ending up in prison, I would have laughed in your face. I remember it happening exactly like that. We went to see Psychic Sally live, and she predicted exactly that would happen to us, and that's what you did, you laughed in her face. I did, yeah, I just like, don't be so stupid, Psychic Sally, but... You know, I, I guess I guess I'm the stupid one now. I guess you are. Maybe that can be like your prison personality. You just keep your head down and be the stupid one. I'll be the tough guy. You can be my sidekick. Uh, can I be the tough one, please? Um, they last longer. Sorry, mate. The die has been cast. <sighs> Damn it! I should have been in there quicker. Yeah. Well, we should probably let people know where they can find previous episodes of the podcast. Yes, if you do want to listen back on previous episodes of the podcast, then you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube. We mentioned earlier in the episode how you can get a hold of us. It's uh, mailboxrogesgallery at gmail.com. And, of course, on Twitter at mailboxrogues. And on Facebook on mailboxrogesgallery. That's right. Um, let us know what you thought of the episode and previous episodes. And, you know, maybe send us some, some words of encouragement while we're in prison as well. Yeah. We'll get someone to kind of, like, mediate and just kind of tell us what we people We can still get saying. emails when we're in prison. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, it'd be quite nice. Pen pal. Yeah. Lord knows we're going to get sick of each other quick. Oh, yeah. Do you think we'll end up in the same cell? Oh, I hope not. No, I hope not too. I have to say, I do feel a small amount of resentment to you for getting me in this predicament. Two words. Blood oath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? You never know. Maybe by the time we get out of this crazy situation, we'll be better friends than ever. I can only hope so. And with that kind word of encouragement... I'll sign off. My name's Sean. And my name's Birch. Goodbye. Toodles. (laughs) 